The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Many people today feel they have no future. Staggering unemployment, financial disaster, economic and political turmoil, all combined to cause many of us to feel that the present has nothing to offer us. And the future is uncertain and a source of fear. But there is good news. You were made for a reason. Beyond the troubles of this life, you were made with the potential to inhabit eternity and to be part of an amazing plan that God has for you, a plan that will exceed even your wildest dreams. Yet most churches reject it. Most preachers don't preach it, and most schools and colleges don't teach it. But for the next 30 minutes, I'll be telling you something that can change your entire life and give you hope for your future as never before. Stay tuned. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. Now, later in today's program, we'll offer you one of the single most life-changing booklets you will ever read in your life. You'll want to write down the address and phone number we'll put on the screen, so you may want a pen and paper handy. Our world is so full of heartaches and suffering, from the tragedy of wars and international conflict to disease epidemics and famines and natural disasters of every shape and size. And then there are the personal struggles joblessness, financial distress, health challenges. Many people feel they have no future. But are they correct? Is there any purpose for their lives? Is there any hope that things will get better? Yes, there is. God has revealed an incredible future for those who are willing to take him at his word. And that word is the Bible. And it reveals truth that can be found nowhere else. Science certainly can't tell us. In his popular book, The First Three Minutes, Nobel Prize winner Dr. Steven Weinberg declares, the more the universe seems comprehensible, the more it also seems pointless. Similarly, biologist and evangelist for atheism, Dr. Richard Dawkins, mentions in his own book, River Out of Eden, the universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pointless indifference. Such understandings of life and its meaninglessness have been summarized by atheist philosopher Quentin Smith by saying essentially that the universe came from nothing, by nothing, and for nothing. No, science is helpless to discover the purpose of life. But God is not. And he does have a marvelous purpose for your life and an incredible future planned for you. A future so vast and so amazing it will stagger the imagination. You know, we aren't the first to have wondered what it's all about. Around 3,000 years ago, King David, the poet warrior of Israel, penned these words found in Psalm 8 and verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Here at the beginning of our program today, I want to confess to you that I'm a little nervous about this show. The topic that I want to talk with you today about, the incredible future that God has planned for you, why you were born, 
That topic's very important to me. I know that if you knew and really believed the incredible and mind-blowing reason why you were born, why God created you as the individual you are, your very reason for existing, it would completely change your life. Knowing your incredible future would change forever your life in the present. And I know that the vast majority of you out there have never heard this amazing truth because almost no one knows why mankind exists. Though it's revealed in our Bibles, the vast majority of churches refuse to teach it or don't believe it. So most have no idea at all. If you're going to watch the rest of this program, then I need you during this half hour to trust God. If you're going to experience the life-changing effect of knowing your purpose and your future, your very reason for living, I need you to trust God and believe what your Bible says, even when it goes against conventional wisdom. Now, please note, I'm not asking you to believe me. Too many people simply believe what others tell them the Bible says without checking up on them. But don't believe me. Check up on me and believe your Bible, but... Do you have the faith to actually believe your Bible? Most don't, including most Christians. Let me ask you, are you able to read the Word of God with the humility and faith of a small child? In Luke chapter 18, we're told of a tale when many parents were bringing their children to Jesus Christ in order to have him bless them. The disciples, full of themselves and feeling that their business was too important to be interrupted by children, turned these people away. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Our purpose has everything to do with the kingdom of God. Yet most have lost the ability to receive it like a little child. We're all too full of our own ideas, our own interpretations to truly trust a loving father in heaven and take him at his word. Will you be the exception? As we look at what your Bible says about the purpose of human life, will you be able to be the exception? You know, we don't have to take the path of willfully ignorant scientists who reject the revelation of God and the true foundation of wisdom. And we don't have to take the path of the modern theologian who begins with the philosophical traditions of sometimes ancient pagans and tries to make the pure word of God fit into a faulty, presupposed framework. Rather, if we have the courage and we will ask God to open our minds, we can look to the source, the Word of God, for the answer to the question of our purpose. And when we do look into that Word, when the Bible speaks about our purpose, our destiny, the reason we were created, the reason Jesus Christ came and suffered and died for us, the reason God intended for man from the dawn of time... We consistently see the same theme. In some way, God intends man for glory. In fact, the glory associated with man's ultimate destiny in the plan of Almighty God, ordained from before the foundation of the world, is such a common theme that time doesn't permit me to review all the verses with you here on the program today. But I encourage you to look them up for yourself. For instance... Read what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 of the glory that will be manifested in the spirit bodies of the resurrected saints. 
Read Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27, which says that Christ in us is the hope of glory. But for now, let's just turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and read verses 13 and 14. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many modern Christians have spiritualized and abused the word glory until it's become some sort of fuzzy, meaningless religious word. But is the Bible fuzzy about our future glory? Just what sort of glory does God ultimately intend for you? Do you have the courage to believe it if you read it? We're going to find out very shortly, but first, let me show you the absolutely free book that we're making available to those who call us today. It's titled, Your Ultimate Destiny. Honestly, I'm at a loss as to how to adequately describe the powerful impact this booklet will have on your life. Of all the free booklets we offer on our programs, honestly, of all the self-help books you could pay money for at a local bookstore, I can't think of a single one that has the potential to change your life forever like this one. We can only make each of these weekly offers for a limited time. Don't just let this opportunity go by only to wish that you'd taken advantage of it. There is no cost or obligation at all. Call today. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. Before the break, we discussed the fact that God intended mankind, you and me individually, for glory. But what sort of glory? We also spoke of the need to read what God says with the faith of a little child. A faith which believes that when dad says something, no matter how crazy it sounds, it must be so. I know. I've got four young sons myself. And I'll be honest, sometimes it frightens me how trusting they are. With the heart of a child listening to his father, let us read together what God says of your destiny, your purpose, and your future. In Romans chapter 8, and verse 16, we read, God's Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Someone who's become a child of God with God's Holy Spirit living within them is an heir. An heir of what? You're a joint heir with Christ. 
you will share the inheritance of Jesus Christ right alongside him. Can we understand this with the faith, the simple faith of a child? Imagine I took my four sons and I told my oldest, son, you're getting the mansion, the Ferrari, the summer home, and my billion-dollar portfolio, which I don't have, but it would be nice. Then imagine I took my other three sons and said, boys, you will be joint heirs with your brother. Here's a dollhouse for each of you and a toy car, a sandbox to play in, and $3 apiece. Do you think they would agree that they were joint heirs? Of course not. Being a joint heir with Christ means we will actually share his inheritance. Let's continue in Romans. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The sufferings of this present time. And there is real suffering in this present time. Many of you know that personally. Yet the Apostle Paul says that the sufferings that we go through are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Not glory revealed to us, but revealed in us. What is our destiny? What is our purpose that is so great that the horrible magnitude of the suffering that this world can inflict pales in comparison to the glory of that purpose? What is that purpose that is so fantastic that regardless of anything we've gone through in this life, that once we're there, we would look back and say, I would live that life a thousand times over just to be here. Let's continue. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. This creation shudders in anticipation of the event that will wake it from this nightmare, the revealing of the sons of God. Consider what that says. If we can clear our minds of the muddled thinking that keeps us from really trusting the words that we read in Scripture, can we see that something wonderful is being said here, that we are to be sons of God? You know, I have never seen a man who has had a son, where that son was any less human than his daddy. In any other circumstance, you and I would accept the truth that sons grow up to be like their fathers. With some differences, of course. One is always the father and the other will always be the son. But both human. Both living on the same plane with the same kind of existence. Why, then, do we tend to think that God means anything less than what he says when he says that we are to be his sons and that the entire creation trembles in anticipation of the return of Christ and the revelation of those sons? Why do we minimize what God says? Well, we just read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 that if we are willing to suffer with him, to struggle against the flesh like he did, overcoming with God's help, then we will also be glorified together with him. Look a little later in the same chapter, beginning in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. The trials, the tests, 
the challenges of this life, all working for good as God uses them to fulfill his purpose in us. When we know our reason for being and comprehend our incredible future, the trials and challenges of this life take on meaning and purpose. Let's continue. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Do we water this idea down in our minds and fail to accept it for exactly what it says? If I took my oldest son and stood him up in the middle of a room and then scattered a few gerbils or chickens around his feet and told him, my boy, you're the firstborn among many brethren, meet your brothers, he'd say I was crazy, and rightly so. I'm a human being, and my son's are human beings like me. Let's look at another verse. This time, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Now, beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now keep in mind, this verse can't be talking about simply being like Christ's perfect character or something like that. Christ's pristine and perfect character was revealed to John and the rest of the world who saw him, the men who walked with their Messiah for three and a half years. John says plainly that it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed in glory and power at his second coming to rule this earth, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And what does it really mean to be as he is? On your own, look up John 17 and verse 5, where Christ asked the Father while he was here on earth that he would be returned to the glory he had with the Father before they created the world. Then look up John chapter 1 and verse 1, where we're told that in the beginning was the Word, Christ, and that the Word was with God and was God. Read Revelation chapter 1, where Christ is described in a vision of power with a body of glory and might. Read Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, where Christ is described as being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. Read these things and recognize that they reflect God's plan for you as well. My friends, if Christ was restored to his glorious divinity after his resurrection, and if the scriptures say many times that we will share his glory, share his inheritance, share his rulership under him, share his image, share his form, share his existence, be his brothers... Well, who are we to disagree with Scripture and fail to take God at His word? Verse after verse in Scripture says the same thing. And if you get our booklet, you'll see that. This booklet, Your Ultimate Destiny, will prove to you more thoroughly than I ever could in this short broadcast what your own Bible says about your dynamic future. What God's word says about your incredible future has been kept from you for too long. You need to know his plans for you 
which are greater than you've ever imagined before. Request your free copy today before this week's offer runs out. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Friends, the purpose of your existence is to become a literal, full son of God. When you realize that is the testimony of Scripture, it changes everything. How you look at life, the meaning in your trials and tribulations, your relationships with your family and your fellow man. Let's read another passage, this time in the book of Hebrews, where the passage from the Psalms that we read earlier today is quoted again. For God has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels, but one testified in a certain place saying, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You've put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. Now many scholars recognize that the author of Hebrews is speaking here of the entire universe being put under man. All things seen and unseen. But they don't understand the reason. God does intend that man take dominion of all things, that you take dominion of all things, the entire universe, under him and under Christ, who is king of kings. Man's dominion, under the loving guidance and direction of our great father and elder brother, will eventually include all things, even that which is currently beyond our ability to perceive. Now, let's continue. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. As shocking as it may seem, and as our booklet today thoroughly proves, the testimony of Scripture is that God is making a family. He is creating sons in us, not symbolic sons of lesser nature or degree, but real, full sons of God. 
Not some quasi-son, not some not-quite-a-son who lives on a lesser plane of existence, but real, full, glorified sons that will share the life and plane of existence that their father and elder brother share throughout all eternity. Such a purpose gives meaning to our trials and our struggle in this world. Those who are willing to follow God in this life and allow Him to build His very own character within them will, at the resurrection of the just, join God the Father and Jesus Christ as a real part of their family forever. Can you even begin to imagine reigning on a beautiful earth alongside Jesus Christ, experiencing life and reality as God does, traveling perhaps to distant star systems and other worlds as a glorified child of the Creator God, perhaps working as a Creator yourself, following in your Father's footsteps with the power of eternity coursing through you, living on the God plane of existence forever. What sights will you see? What things will you do? What will your perspective be on the trials of this life after your first billion years of that life? I know these things are hard to believe. When I first heard them and saw them in my own Bible, I found them hard to believe too. I look at myself in the mirror, and what I see there seems far from a future child of God in glory and power. And yet... Why can't the omnipotent God accomplish such a thing? The God who crafted all of reality from nothing. The God who shaped the very universe and filled it with wonder and power. The very God whose infinite mind grasped the entirety of creation from beginning to end. Whose power fills the seemingly limitless reaches of space and extends not only into the fiery heart of every burning star, but also into the depths of every human heart, into which he tells us that he has placed a longing for eternity. I am not bold enough to tell God what he cannot do. Are you? Who ties his hands? Let's agree with Jesus Christ when he says that with God, all things are possible. And may he help all of us to believe the Apostle Paul when he says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. I can't tell you how much I hope that you will take advantage of our free offer today. Please do request your copy. And please come back again next week. Once again, Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, Rod King, and I will be back to teach you about the amazing truths contained in the Word of God and about your future in tomorrow's world. Take care, and we'll see you here next week. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.